Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. We're now in our series called Journey of the Redeemed. It's a study in the book of Luke, and as we explore the life of Jesus, we also examine our own journeys shaped by him. Hi, friends. Good to see you all this morning. Hello, everyone online. Thanks for joining us today. We, we're here. We're here, guys. This is it. You have stuck with us for a year now. We are ending our journey of the redeemed today. So thank you all for being pieces of the journey. For those of you who have stuck with us through a whole year, good job. Good work. We have been digging into the life of Jesus and his ministry, and we have been reading every single word in the book of Luke. So now you can say you've completed a whole book of the Bible, if you haven't before. It's awesome. Way back in September of 2021, we began by meeting Jesus' cousin, John. We saw his birth story, and his purpose was to set the path for Jesus. And then we got to jump into Jesus' birth story at Christmas. Appropriately, we jumped back and did that. And got to peek into just one snippet of his childhood. And that's all we get. Then we fast forward. This is how the book worked. We fast forward and suddenly Jesus is age 30. And John is baptizing him. Jesus goes into the desert to fast. He's tempted. And then his ministry begins. We saw healings, teachings, sometimes confrontations, and discipleship happen in every life who interacted with Jesus, was changed in some way. So many people became followers. And then on Easter, we just, we headed to the end. We walked through the dark days of Jesus' arrest and his death on the cross. And then we rejoiced in his resurrection and the life that that brings for all of us. But we had skipped some parts because it's hard to cram it all in to, you know, certain amount of months here. So this last spring and summer, we have circled back and we have looked at the different people Jesus interacted with. They were positive. The disciples knew people coming. They were negative. Those spiritual influencers we keep talking about kept confronting Jesus. And finally, we have landed in the parables. We had a summer of stories. And the very first story Jesus taught in the book of Luke, Luke 8, We've saved it for last. So here we go. In, verse, in chapter 8, we are now in this crocus bloom, papyrus grow, and these words were inspired by this particular parable because it's all about growth and seeds and soil and planting. And again, things I don't know about. You guys, you guys know. You know that I have to go talk to my expert friends when I don't know about something. So in order to get into the mindset of planting today... There is someone in our congregation who is a master gardener. I don't know if you know what that is. I learned a few years ago when another friend was doing this. uh, Individuals will train in the science and the art of gardening. And the Ohio program, there's programs all across the country. The Ohio program through any of the counties is still through Ohio State University. And they have to complete 50 hours of classes, an exam, 50 hours of volunteer work. And then they're expected to share their knowledge. 
So I was like, okay, you can share with me. So Melissa Parton is our master gardener. If you have questions, go to her. So I asked, she gave us a glimpse of her garden right now. And I wanted to start particularly asking her questions about our soil in this region, because Jesus is going to talk about some soil today. And I was like, okay, I don't plant a lot, but I just remember always hearing like some people were frustrated by some clay in the soil. And Melissa did say yes, that our soil gets a bad rap around here, but she's like, it's actually pretty good. There's some areas of clay, but she's like a lot of vegetables grow in our soil. And ours is called loam. So here's a chart by the U.S. Department of Agriculture of all the different types of soil and the balance between whether things are clay, sand, or silt. And she says ours is pretty balanced. So that's good. It's not too, too much acid, not too much alkaline. So we've got some good nutrients going on in our soil, but some vegetables can deplete the soil. She said it is good to evaluate your soil, get it checked every couple of years, but beans and legumes, they put, new, they put nitrogen back in the soil, and that's what makes all of our plants super green. I've learned so much, guys. I feel so smart. Um, but I did know this part because my grandparents used to own a farm. But at farmers, they're not going to plant the same crop in the same field every year because, you know, what if they deplete the soil or put a lot of nitrogen in? So you'll notice that farmers rotate their crops. Now, while vegetables are excellent here, Melissa did note that fruit can be tricky. So I love fruit, sad, that strawberries will grow well, but we need more acidity in our soil for blueberries. So people would have to amend their soil if you see anybody growing blueberries around here. And there are some people who do. Melissa said this year has been really hard on gardens because of pests, a lot of pests. Now this is not a pest, but it was a cute little bunny I thought we needed because he does visit Melissa's garden and I thought we needed that picture today. And she said weeds, their seeds are always underground. So you're always fighting weeds, no matter what. There's nothing you're doing wrong. They're, they're just there, so it's fine. But she uses cardboard and grass clippings to keep them at bay. So there's some tips for you, some gardening tips for your morning. Check out Melissa for more questions. And now let's just head into Luke 8 because Jesus, he's going to mention some pests. He's going to mention some weeds, and we're going to try to find a balanced soil today, okay? Luke 8, verse 4. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When Jesus said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now this parable is a little different than some of the ones we've examined. Because you guys know, we have read some parables that just kind of leave it open-ended, right? And we're like, what? What in the world happened? Thanks a lot, Jesus. But we have some other ones where he's like, he doesn't explain it, and we have to interpret it. And last week, I was even reading commentaries that people were interpreting it differently. So sometimes Jesus leaves us a mystery, but today we get the answers. This week, Jesus explains the parable directly. So let's see who asked for an explanation. Verse 9, Jesus' disciples asked him, 
what this parable meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others, I speak in parables. So that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. And you can see that those last words are in a special quote. Jesus is quoting Isaiah 6, verse 9. There are plenty of people throughout Jesus' ministry that we have watched. He's got crowds following him, right? But not everyone who hears his words or sees his actions believe. They don't believe what he says or they don't believe that he's actually the representation of God on earth. They don't believe in the way he's explaining God's kingdom. But these, this group here, these disciples, they want to listen. They want to learn what's true. And so Jesus said, God's going to give you understanding because you want to learn. And hopefully at some point, Jesus speaks in parables, and hopefully there are some seeds that fall down deeply and that will blossom at some point. But remember, Jesus is living in a community that has been waiting and waiting and waiting for God's Messiah. All the, all the verses we can read, all the books in what we know as the Old Testament, that, these were the scrolls that people were studying and reading and debating about. This is what the experts in the law they were living it out, and they were like, we're going to live so faithfully that someday God will send a Messiah, and he will redeem us. And that's what Jesus was. But we, we have this perspective. We can step back because we're, we can see the full picture. But they couldn't. They were like, we're waiting for the Messiah, and Messiah means king, so we're going to have this great king, and he's just going to make Israel amazing. We're going to have this nation again. We're going to kick Rome out. They're hanging around with us. We're just going to be our, we're going to shine. We're going to be ourselves. And that's what they were waiting for. But Jesus was focusing on internal growth. And they're like, well, he must not be the guy. Because he didn't do things like they expected. And Jesus was also pushing back saying, hey, you know, you guys, we're great people. This is awesome. But we're supposed to be a light into the world. We're supposed to take God's message and push it outward so the community can grow. We don't want to border ourselves off and be isolated. People didn't want to hear that. They're like, but God's supposed to redeem us. And now we have to share with everybody? And Jesus is like, mm-hmm. That, that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing. Don't be separate. Go into the world. And so this is the meaning of the parable. Verse 11. Jesus said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe or be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So Jesus is speaking, and he's visualizing all these different people he's interacted with. You know, he 
puts a metaphor out there, but he knows hearts. And I can imagine that he is just seeing, it's probably got to break his heart to see all the potential plants out there. And only some of them are growing. So if we think back through all the different people we've read about through the book of Luke, seeing in Jesus' ministry, we can find some people to represent each of these soils. And I, I thank N.T. Wright and this commentary for helping put this together, this list. Soil number one, this is the path where the seeds just get trampled and birds can come along and eat, right? Birds were the pests here back in Luke 4 that we read last October. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the first sermon we ever read in the book of Luke, Jesus is talking to his hometown. And he pulls out the scroll of Isaiah that he just quoted from. He is reading from Isaiah, but he's got this message about we're being a light to the world. And his own home neighbors, who, who saw him when he was just a tiny toddler, they just looked at him, and they, it says in some versions that they like covered their ears. They didn't even want to hear him try to explain what God's words meant. They were so, just, they just trampled the word of God under their feet, just like these seeds. They're like, don't tell us what this means. We think what it means. We don't want to hear what you have to say. And they were so angry, they wanted to push him off a cliff. Remember those friends? Soil number one. Soil two, it was rocky soil, not enough water, if you remember that. So we are talking about all the different spiritual leaders of the day who tried to interpret God's word for God's people. And a group of them were the Pharisees, and they loved God's law. And then they added extra rules on top of the law, just for fun, you know, funsies. And they were so into learning the knowledge. So, yeah, that's like when you have, they, they had some growth there, right? They had the knowledge, but they couldn't figure out how to live it out. They were not actually caring for the people around them with that knowledge. They were just kind of holding it in. So that's kind of like that rocky soil because their roots aren't very deep. They had some things. They grew some little plants. But they, their hearts were hardened toward anybody that was called a sinner. They were supposed to be ministering to, but they kind of ignored. So that's our soil number two. Soil number three, that was where we had lots of weeds come up along with the plants, and the weeds took over. So Jesus spoke one time of people of this generation, basically his neighbors in the community now. Like, he'd go from town to town, and all the people who said they follow God but they had that mindset of separation. And so they were like very worried about us and how we're doing. And are we going to get a king, right? All of the very, the, the worries of life. And I'm worried about money and I'm worried about this and that. And Jesus was trying to say, hey, you know, go out. But they let the worries just, just hang on their lives like weeds and just take all the life out of them. But finally, there was good, healthy soil. Jesus went into community after community, and there were people who heard the truth and were like, all right, I'm ready. I'm in. I'm ready to change. I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to live what you say. Let's do this. But they were just not the people that were expected. So I think some people ignored them or didn't notice or kind of like Jesus saw all the good soil, but other people were like, who? Who are you talking about? Well, we're talking about Levi. He is also known as Matthew. He wrote one of the books of the Bible. He was a tax collector. So was Zacchaeus. And when they met Jesus and learned what they were supposed to be doing, they stopped their cheating ways 
and just change their life. Life change right there. Good soil. We had the centurion. Well, he's Roman, but he had more faith, Jesus said, than some people standing around. The centurion believed that Jesus could speak and his servant would be healed. Well, people ignored him because he's Roman, but he had deep faith. Good soil. Then we have the women in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 says that there is this host of women who had been healed and they followed Jesus and they provided for his ministry. They were using their funds. They were using their skills. And they're the ones that took care of these band of little 12 teenagers following Jesus around. Some, they could be teens or young adults. But lots of hungry mouths to feed. They fed them, right? So they're caring for Jesus. Rich soil. But they were overlooked in their society. The woman, the widow who gave her last coins at the temple, she was overlooked. But Jesus saw her. He saw her sacrifice. That's good soil. And finally, those, those 12 young guys wandering around, hungry, asking weird questions. They were fishermen. And you know why? It's because no rabbis were picking them and teaching them about God's word. They were doing the family business. Their dad was a fisherman. They were fishermen. They're like, well, this is my life now. But Jesus chose them. When no one else picked them to go lead God's kingdom He chose fishermen. None of these people were considered worthy by their society's standards. They were ignored, overlooked, discarded, yet Jesus chose them. He didn't care where the fruit came from, but he saw the fruit. He still sees fruit wherever he can find it today. He is not worried about our past or where we came from, what our pedigree is. Jesus is looking for fruit. In all of our conversations about stories this summer, we keep talking about, we hear stories, we talked about reading stories, we talked about playing stories on video games. My deep interaction with stories, I'm not a gardener. However, I, for 20-some years, have edited words I've edited people's stories. They bring me their stories and I help make it stronger. So I weed out the words and I try to make the story grow from beginning, middle, and end. And then I try to make sure that their message is nourishing and beautiful. I kill plants, but I can nurture some words. So one of my friends, I helped her out with some editing and she gave me this mug as a present. And I'll read what it says. Your life is your story. Write well, edit often. Every time we read in God's word, I hope we're being challenged to grow. Hopefully edit. We got some things to edit out of our lives. But as we were taking in all these stories today, I want to say to you, what are you doing with your own story? You're always writing your story every day. It's a new page. What are you doing with it? How are you editing? From Jesus' parable, we find that our calling is to sow seeds. And that can seem really intimidating at times. Because here he's telling us, not every seed's going to grow. And we're the, we're the farmer out there planting. And, 
And that's what we're supposed to do with, with sharing Jesus. And I don't know, that can seem intimidating. But it's, I think it's simple, a simple, natural way to share Jesus is to share your story. Every week, we have been asking this question for a year. You wanted to do it one last time? On this journey, how do we live as the redeemed people of Jesus? When I look at this parable, I just feel this call for us to share your story. If your life has been impacted by Jesus, if he has made any difference in you, if you've been challenged by his teachings, if you feel the strength in knowing that he has redeemed your life, then share your story. And Jesus will naturally be there. If your story is connected to Jesus' story, then when you talk and you share your life among your neighbors, among friends, among family, Jesus, little seeds are just planting. Well, Jesus' love in people's lives just by you sharing your story. A fancy word for this assignment would be called commission. That sounds like a big word. That sounds like something for someone else. But it's for us. Commission. It just means Jesus has a purpose for us. It means like we're not just coming here. We like hanging out together. We like worshiping together and meeting one another. But our job, our actual job, is to leave here. To go plant some seeds out there in the world. To, to share our story. And that's one of our church values. This is from our website. We've, got, we've talked about connectivity, creativity, and this week, commission. And now you know where we got them all. They're from Jesus. But we are challenged to share our story plus Jesus into the world. So plant the seeds and let's go. Jesus had that in mind for his community, and it hasn't stopped. He has it in mind for our community here, Echo Church. Okay, that's the last story. But wait, there's an epilogue. I know, I know, I know. You guys are excited about this. Okay, so fun fact, breaking up all the different words and verses and sections of Luke into all this series, there's three that we missed. There's three little verses, and I was like, I tried to put them in a few weeks ago over here, and I've tried to put them in over here, and they just keep not fitting. And I'm like, I was like, Dylan, Shantae, we have three verses left. What in the world? And then God just shows up as he does because he has a great sense of humor. And he's like, I've got a story. You can put it right here. So thinking about commission and sharing our story, let's read verses 16 through 18, our final, actual final words of Luke. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. In Jesus' day, they would use olive oil to burn, and that's that was a precious resource. So imagining hiding it or putting it under a, in a jar or something, like that would have seemed absurd to Jesus' disciples who he's talking to, because this comes right after the parable, still talking to all his followers. And they're like, that's weird. And he's like, yeah, I said it 
so that you would be, get your attention. That is absurd. He was trying to say that his message as Jesus into the world, it can't be hidden. So even though it's intimidating to go share that message sometimes, Jesus is like, it's going to happen. The light's going to shine. It can't help but shine. So just be the one to shine it. Be the light into that world. And Jesus said, be carefully how you listen. Because every time we return to God's word again and again, and we can listen to Jesus, and hopefully we can get more, more understanding, more strength, more hope, and more light even in the darkness. So choose your favorite metaphor today. We've done gardening, we have done words, and we've done light. But it's all that same commission is to go out. So whatever metaphor you want to live out this week, this month, this coming year, we're doing this together. And we've said the key words of light and hope a couple times today because that's what we're sharing. And that's going to be our next series. Stay tuned. But thank you for being on a journey. And we've been together and we still are together because Jesus didn't come and stay alone He was always with people, and we journey together. So when we have ups and downs, when we are struggling or we are rejoicing, we can open up God's word together and remind each other of Jesus' life and why he matters and why we're a piece. We're a piece of it. When Jesus lived on earth, he knew someday we would live on this earth too. And he cares, and he's with us. And I hope that you find strength in this message. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for the journey of your life and allowing us to walk with you step by step. Thank you for reminding us that you are always with us. Thank you for coming on earth to redeem us, to give us hope, help us to go out, plant seeds, Be light and show your love. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.